surgery this morning uh, we've been asked to pray for for him and his family and the doctors and nurses involved in this surgery we'll do that and then we'll enter into our worship time together would you pray with me our father we are so thankful to you for all of the many blessings that you bestow upon us father this morning we pray that you will be with Tristan Gibson as he's undergoing this kidney surgery today. Be with him, be with his family, be with the doctors and nurses that will be taking care of him. Father, we pray that you will be with Ken and JT as they are doing your work in the country of Guyana this morning. We pray that you'll keep them safe and bring them back home. And Father, we pray for the success of the things that they are being involved in. Father, as we enter into this time of worship, we pray that we can put aside the cares of this world and worship you in a manner pleasing to you. These things we ask through Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, all. You will join in with me singing this morning. <coughs> Jesus, my heavenly King, loves me, I know. Praises to Him I sing, onward I go. Closely to Him I cling, let things still flow. I love my Savior too. I love my Savior, He loves me too. I seek His favor in everything I do. Walking with him each day, love light does shine. 
doing his will away, never repine. Kneeling to him I pray, thy will not mine. I love my Savior too. I love my Savior, he loves me too. I seek his favor in everything I do. Happy to serve my friend, lean on his arm. Rapture will never end, nothing alarm. Voices will sweetly blend under his charm. I love my Savior too. I love my Savior, he loves me too. I seek his favor in everything I do. So <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> I'll sing. There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing. Sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Burning our friends are falling. But for the showers we Father, we are most thankful for this day and its many blessings and for the opportunity and privilege you've given us to assemble here to worship you and sing songs of praises to your name and hear another portion of your word. And we're most thankful, Father, for our Savior, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed, cleanses our souls from sin and makes our salvation possible. We pray, Father, for the elders of the congregation here that you will continue to Bless them with wisdom and knowledge as they watch over the congregation here. We pray for the deacons as they go about their assigned duties and for the song leaders, for the teachers and all those who are involved in the work here, Father. We pray, Father, for the missionaries in foreign lands and we especially pray, Father, for Brother Ken Forrest and Brother J.T. Beard as they carry the gospel to the people of Guyana. We praise that it will be received with gladness and much good will be accomplished from their efforts. We pray, Father, for those who are less fortunate than we. We pray that you will heal the sick and afflicted, that the hungry will be fed, that the homeless will be sheltered, 
and those who are poor in in spirit and seeking after righteousness will find it. We pray, Father, for our first responders and our young men and women in the military. We pray, Father, that you will protect them as they protect us. We pray, Father, that you will forgive us of our sins, for we are sinners, Father. We pray that we'll be forgiven as we repent of them. That you'll go with us now throughout the furthest of this service and throughout our daily walks in life. That in the end, we might be found faithful to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you're singing from the book, you might want to mark the invitation song, which will be 909. 909, and the song before the lesson would be uh, 877, number 877, if you're singing from the book. It's all sing. When with the Savior we enter the glory land, won't it be wonderful? chapter 2 verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me it is a beautiful day outside isn't it today it's a joy to be here to be able to assemble and worship our God and We are so glad that you're here this morning. It's good to see some who may be visiting with us. I know we've got a few gone today because of the extended weekend. I know several of our youth are away on youth activities. But we want you to know how glad we are that you've chosen to be here this morning. I hope you'll come back tonight at 5 o'clock. We have outstanding uh, Bible classes for all ages and We'd love to see you this evening uh, for that. As has already been mentioned, uh, we need to continue to think about and pray for Brother J.T. Beard and Brother Ken Forrest as they are in Guyana. And we certainly uh, pray for their safety and their success. And uh, we anticipate a wonderful report when they return. Have a very good, positive announcement to make this morning. We rejoice that Zach Long... Uh, was baptized into Christ last Wednesday night. He had been studying with Aaron Foster for several months, and uh, Zach is Brandy Gann's boyfriend. So we want to congratulate, we want to commend Zach 
uh, in his obedience to the gospel, and I hope that uh, you'll take the time today to encourage him. This morning, we want to ask a very important question, and that is, can you recommend your religion? You know, we in the Lord's Church today need to be the kind of people that can recommend to the world our religion. We ought to be able to recommend it in every way we possibly can. We ought to be able to say to everybody that we come into contact with that I'm, I'm happy, I'm proud, I'm thankful to be a Christian and a child of God. You know, that question, can you recommend your religion, may seem somewhat out of place this morning. You may say, preacher, you know, if I put forth the effort to, to be here on Sunday morning and maybe even tonight as well, of course I can recommend my religion. But I believe this is a very timely question and one we need to consider. Oftentimes, I'm afraid if we're not careful, we would rather drift with the crowd rather than putting forth the effort to see if we stand with and for Jesus Christ. You know, that great man David said long ago in Psalms chapter 66 and verse 16, he said, Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. That's David's way of saying, I am happy, I'm proud, I'm thankful to be a follower of God. David said, I can recommend my religion to you and before all men. But I want to ask myself today as I ask you the question, can you recommend your religion? There's some religions that are not worth recommending. There are many religions that are empty and shallow and worthless. Is it possible that maybe yours could fall into that classification? You know, we need to realize today that every one of us is either recommending our religion or else we're renouncing it by not putting forth the effort. We show every day by the words that we speak, by the places we go, by the things that we do by the attitude that we possess, we show every day the kind of recommendation that we place on our religion. I want us to ask this question today, though, in three different ways. First of all, can you recommend your religion in light of what the Bible says? Secondly, can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it? And then thirdly, can you recommend your religion by the way in which you live? First of all this morning, can you recommend your religion in light of what the Bible says? You know, does it really matter how well you support your religion if your religion cannot be found in God's word? Does it really matter how you live your life? Does it matter how zealous you may be in your religion if you cannot find it according to God's word, the Bible? And so can you recommend your religion in light of the scriptures? Can you prove your religion? Does God approve of it? Our God will not approve of a religion that cannot be proved according to the Bible. You know, Peter said in 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, he said, sanctify, set apart the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man who asks a reason for the hope that is in you. You know, we ought to be able to prove everything that we profess to believe in according to the Bible. But I'm afraid that many people cannot do that. Can you give a Bible answer for what you believe and for what you practice religiously? For example, what if a person believes that an individual can be saved if he just has a strong faith in God? 
Can you prove from the Bible that one can be saved if he just has a personal faith in Jesus Christ? Now, you might be able to prove that faith only might be able to save you based upon what some preacher may say. But I submit to you, you cannot prove that by the Bible. The Bible says in James 2 and verse 17, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. The Bible says in James 2 and verse 24, You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Or what if a person believes that a child of God simply cannot fall from grace? Can you prove that once a person is saved, he's always saved? Now, you might be able to prove that this morning based upon what the creed book of a particular denominational church teaches, but I submit to you, you cannot prove that by the Bible. The Bible says, wherefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Or what if a person actually believes that one church is just as good as another? Can you prove that by the Bible? Now, folks, there are many sincere and honest people today that believe it doesn't matter what church a person is a member of as long as they're sincere. But can you prove that by the Bible? Now, you might be able to prove that based upon what your parents may have said and taught you down through the years, but I submit to you this morning, you can't prove that by the Bible. The Bible says in Ephesians 5 and verse 25 that Christ gave himself for the church. Acts 20 and verse 28 declares that Christ purchased the church with his own blood. Ephesians 4 and verse 4 tells us that there is but one body, and that one body is the church, according to Ephesians 5 and verse 23. The Bible says, for by one spirit have we all been baptized into one body, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. Or what if a person believes that it simply doesn't matter if a person is immersed or sprinkled for baptism? Can you prove from the Bible that sprinkling or just pouring water on someone's head would be an acceptable mode of baptism. Now again, you might be able to prove that based upon what some church discipline might say. You might be able to take, and I'm sure you could take your, the church manual of a particular denominational church, and you could show from that book that pouring water on someone's head or Sprinkling somebody would be an acceptable mode of baptism. But I submit to you this morning, you cannot find that in the Bible. Because the Bible says in Colossians 2 and verse 12 that we're buried with him in baptism. Romans 6 and verse 4 says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into his death, Romans 6, 3 and 4. Or what if one believes that a person doesn't even have to be baptized in order to be saved? I believe a person is saved and then he can be baptized later on. But can you prove that from the Bible? Now again, based upon what some preacher or some man may say, you might prove that baptism has nothing at all to do with a person's salvation. But I submit to you, you cannot prove that from the Bible. The Bible says in Acts 22 and verse 16, Ananias talking to Saul of Tarsus, he said, Arise, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now 
save us. We read in 1 Peter 3 in verse 21. In fact, it was our Lord himself who said in Mark 16 and verse 15 and 16, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And so the question for the moment is, can you prove your religion by the Bible? Can you give book, chapter, and verse for what you believe and practice? The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 21, to prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. 1 John 4 and verse 1 says, Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but try the spirits. Test the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. We're admonished in 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, to examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Now, if these scriptures teach anything at all, they teach that we ought never to take another man's word about what we believe and what we practice religiously. Instead, we need to, to study to make sure that these things are so. We need to search the scriptures, Acts 17, verse 11. You know, the Lord himself said that some people's religions would be vain and useless and worthless. Jesus said in Matthew 15, verse 8, these people draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, <clears throat> but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. How, Lord? How do people worship you in vain? Teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. You see, whenever we teach the commandments of men in matters of doctrine, that makes our religion vain. You know, the Bible says in 2 John 1 and verse 9, whosoever transgresses. Another way to say it would be whosoever is progressive, whosoever goeth onward and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. In John chapter 8 and verse 31, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Lord, how are we going to know for sure that we are your disciples? And Jesus said, it's if you continue in my word. And so this morning, I hope you'll ask yourself this question. Can you recommend your religion in light of the scriptures? Can you find the church that you claim to be a member of on the pages of God's word? Can you find the items of worship that you participate in on the pages of God's word? Or think about your own salvation today. Think about what you did to be saved. Can you find what the Bible says about your salvation in God's word? You know, the Bible says if one wants to be saved, he must believe in Jesus that he's the Son of God. John chapter 8 and verse 31. If one wants to be saved, he must be willing to repent, change his life, to turn from sin and turn to God. Luke 13 verse 3. And one must be willing to be immersed in water. Buried with the Lord in baptism, Romans 6, 3, and 4. The purpose of that baptism is to wash away our sins, Acts 22 and verse 16. And when one obeys the gospel, when one emulates the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as he's buried in water and he comes forth from that water, Forgiven of every sin he's committed, that person is now in a saved condition. Can you read about your salvation? 
Can you read about the church that you're a member of in the New Testament? But secondly today, can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it? By the way you stand behind it? By the way in which you uphold it? How do we measure up in supporting our religion? You know, if you ladies find some product, maybe it's a cleaning product that really works, you won't be quiet about that, will you? You will spread the word. You will tell other people what you have found. You know, if I find a, a place of business that really does a good job, I, I'm going to spread the word. You know, in particular, if I find a place that fixes an outstanding hamburger, you can understand for sure that I'm going to tell other people about that. But do you know the same thing is going to be true if we really support our religion? We won't be able to be quiet about our religion. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13, I believed and therefore I spoke. What are you saying, Paul? Paul is saying here, I believe God's word and I told it to others, I'm willing to support my religion in every way. But I'm afraid sometimes that we don't become involved in evangelism. I'm afraid sometimes we neglect to teach and approach our coworkers or our friends at school about Jesus Christ and about the gospel. Because maybe we really don't believe God the way we should. Or maybe we don't really believe what the Bible says that a person is lost outside of Jesus Christ. So many times we don't become involved in restoring our erring. Folks, there's a number of people who are members of the body of Christ who are not here today because of their faith being weak. They have left their first love. And if our religion means to us what it ought to mean, we're going to go as quickly as we can and we're going to let those people know how much we love them and how much we care about their salvation. And we're going to implore and plead with them to come back to the Lord. You see, so often we don't become involved in evangelism and in restoring the area because we really don't believe God as we should. So can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it? I think about that good Samaritan over in Luke chapter 17 and the wonderful recommendation that man placed on his religion. We read there about how a certain man, he, he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves. They beat him. They robbed him. And they just left him behind half dead. And the Bible talks about a priest who came by and he saw the man's need, but he just ignored it and went on his way. The Bible also says a Levite came and he saw the man. He saw his predicament, but he just ignored it and he went by on the other side. Now, the priest and the Levite were the religious leaders of the day, weren't they? They were the folks that were supposed to be setting the proper example that others could follow, but they showed their religion was empty and shallow and useless and worthless because they saw a man in need and just ignored him and passed by on the other side. But that Samaritan, the Bible talks about, saw that man in his need and he saw him and he went to him. He assisted him. He helped him. And that man had a wonderful recommendation of his religion because of the compassion that he had. You know, we ought to do whatever we can today to help our 
friends and our neighbors in need. We can't be selfish today and recommend our religion. The Bible says in 1 John 3 and verse 17, Whoso hath this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. <clears throat> you see, it's not just by the things that we say, but it's by our actions that we support our religion. I want to ask you this question today. Can you recommend <clears throat> your religion by the way that you support it financially? You know, many people here at this place and throughout the world can stand up and tell the world, yes, I recommend my religion by the way that I support it financially. And I'm so thankful for brethren like that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. You know, when we look at the Bible all throughout the scriptures, the very least God ever accepted in any dispensation of time was 10%. That's the least God ever accepted. The most God ever accepted was 100%. That's what some of those early Christians gave. Now, I want you to think about this today. If the Lord took what you are going to give to him today, that amount that you're going to give today, and God multiplied that amount by 10, and that became your weekly income, would you be better off? Or would you be infinitely worse off? Now, if the Lord took what you gave to him and multiplied that by 10, and that became your weekly income, and you couldn't make it, maybe you need to think about your relationship with the Lord. Can you recommend your religion by the way you support it financially? Also today, can you recommend your religion because you have a zealous interest in good works. Are you always willing to support any and every good work? You know, the Bible tells us that we are to be full of good works, Acts 9, 36. Are you careful today to maintain good works, Titus 3 and verse 8? Are you being fruitful in every good work, Colossians 1 and verse 10? Are you showing yourself to be a pattern of good works that other people ought to follow, Titus chapter 2 and verse 7? Do others see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, Matthew 5 and verse 16? Let me ask you as a group now, if, if someone were to walk into our assembly and, you know, they had never been here before and were to hang around for a while, would we impress them as people that are zealous of good works? Now, I think as a congregation, this is a very active congregation. There's so many good works going on right here at Boonville. It's amazing to see how many people are actively involved in working for the Lord in some way or another. But this is a personal question for you. Can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it in that you're zealously involved in the work of the Lord? Also, can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it in that you faithfully assemble with the saints? Are you one that maybe 
just comes to the service on Sunday morning and that's about it? You know, all of us have 168 hours in the week, don't we? How much time of that do we give to the Lord? I don't think it's asking too much to give maybe three or four hours to the Lord weekly and assembling with the saints. We still have 164 some hours left. Can you honestly say as a member of the body of Christ, I recommend my religion because I'm always there when the saints assemble together. Now, if everybody was just like you, if everybody attended just like you, would there be anybody here this afternoon for our Bible classes at 5 o'clock? You see, when we can be here, we should be here, and we must be here. We just can't allow anything to keep us from faithfully serving the God of heaven. Jesus says very simply in Matthew 6 and verse 33 that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so today, can you recommend your religion by the way in which you support it? But thirdly and lastly today, can you recommend your religion by the way in which you live? Now, I believe this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is really where it gets down to home. Does your religion and your life complement each other? Does your life make your religion more attractive for other people to see? You know, if a man's religion doesn't change him, that person needs to change his religion. Because the religion of Jesus Christ will change a man. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But the Bible says that when a person is in Jesus Christ, when one obeys the gospel in baptism, that that old person's life has passed away. All things have become new. That person has new desires. That person has new habits. That person has a new attitude. He has the utmost desire to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and follow God in everything that he does. He has a, a new purpose for living. That individual spiritually is a different person. You know, our lives need to display our religion. According to Titus 2 and verse 10, our lives must adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. In other words, Paul said that our lives ought to make the Word of God more attractive to those round about us. That means, young people, when you're out on a date, how you behave on that date ought to adorn and beautify and make more attractive the gospel of Christ. When we go to work tomorrow, as we talk and communicate, as we speak to others, as we do on a daily basis, how we talk ought to adorn and beautify and make more attractive the doctrine of God. How we live our lives each day, our attitudes, the way that we dress, the places we go. By all this, we need to adorn the doctrine of God. You know, those Pharisees failed to do this. Jesus said about the Pharisees in Matthew 23 and verse 3, do not do after their works, for they say and do not. But does that not often characterize us in the Lord's church that we'll often tell somebody what they ought to be doing and yet we fail to do it ourselves. Can we honestly say, I am recommending my religion by the way in which I live? 
You know, Paul said in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. In other words, we may appear to be religious. We may go through all the proper and outward forms of being religious, but are we truly living differently from the rest of the world? Are, are we just going through the motions? Paul said in Philippians 1 verse 27, only let your manner of life be as it becomes the gospel of Christ. You see, the faith we have in God, my faith and your faith, is demonstrated to others because of the kind of life we live. The Bible says we show our faith by our works, James 2 and verse 18. We show our faith by how we love each other, Galatians 5 and verse 7. We demonstrate our faith by our obedience to God's commands, Romans 1 and verse 5. And we demonstrate our faith by our purity of life, Acts 15 verse 9. In fact, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, many people profess in word to be a Christian. They profess in word to be a child of God, but how often do our lives contradict what we say? You know, Titus 1 and verse 16 says they profess to know God, but by their lives, by their works, they deny him, being disobedient and to unto every good work reprobate. You know, Paul said some people claim to follow God. They claim to know Jesus Christ, but by their lives, they deny him. On one occasion, there was a, a man conducting a survey in a particular community, and his survey really only consisted of one question. That question was, does Jesus live here? This man knocked on a woman's door, and she came to the door, and he said, Ma'am, does Jesus live here? And it terribly upset this lady as she thought about that question. Her husband came home later that afternoon. Nothing had been done. The house was a mess. Supper wasn't ready, and it was obvious from everything that he could see that his wife was somewhat distraught, and he asked her what was wrong, and she told her husband about the man that had come by and about the question he asked, does Jesus live here? And the man said, well, why didn't you tell him that occasionally we'll go to church services, that sometimes we'll even give? Why didn't you tell him that Jesus lives here? She said, I thought about some of that, but that's not what the man asked. He asked, does Jesus live here? And I'm so afraid that he doesn't. Does Jesus live in your home today? Is his word taught there? Is his principles reverence there? Can we say that we recommend our religion by the way that we're living before the world? You know, Christianity... It's not a push-button affair to turn it, turn it on or off again, depending upon who we're with or what we're doing. You know, my deodorant stick, my deodorant can has some instructions that say, for best results, use daily. The same thing that's true of deodorant is true of our Christianity. For best results, we need to live that life daily. Someone says, well, my, my religion and my business just doesn't seem to mix well together. If that's true, maybe you need to change your business. Someone else says, well, you know, my religion and my recreation doesn't seem to gel together too well. If that's true, maybe you need to change your recreation. You see, Christianity is not a matter of convenience. 
It's a matter of conviction. It's a matter of conversion. You know, I think about the Apostle Paul who certainly could recommend his religion by the way that he lived. And Paul made a very powerful statement that you ought to notate in your Bible and you ought to underline in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. Paul said, those things in which you have both learned and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul said here, if you'll just follow my example, if you'll live your life the way that I live my life and do what I do, God's going to be with you. Now, could you stand up and tell other people that if you live like I live and make decisions like I make decisions and talk like I talk and dress like I dress and go about your everyday activities like I do, could you say that the God of peace is going to be with you? We need to recommend our religion, folks, by the way in which we live. You know, Paul even made this statement in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1. Be you followers of me, even as I also am a follower of Jesus Christ. A little cripple boy one time was making his way through the passenger gate of a railway station, and as passengers rushed through the gate, a, a man in a hurry accidentally bumped into the little boy and knocked the basket off his arm the contents went in every direction he paused only long enough to scold the little crippled boy and he was on his way but another man saw the boy's distress he immediately went to him he picked his basket up put all the contents back in it and put it on the boy's arm and he smiled at him and gave him a silver dollar he said better luck next time son and he was on his way but the man was called out by a question that the boy asked him. Hey, mister, are you Jesus? The man said, no, son. I'm simply one of his followers. You know, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ living in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can people around us tell that we're followers of Jesus Christ by the way that we live? Can you recommend your religion to the world in that you're kind, that you're good to other people? We must recommend our religion by the way in which we live before the world. This morning, the, the lesson is yours, and I hope, you'll, I hope you'll think about these particular questions. Can you today recommend your religion by what the Bible says? Can you prove your religion? Can you recommend your religion by the way that you support it on a daily basis and then think about today if you were to die or if the lord were to return if this were to be the last day you are open upon this earth could you recommend your religion by the way that you're living your life right now if you need to respond to heaven's call, we ask that you come now while we stand and sing.
the Lord's Supper emblem, please raise your hand and the ushers will bring you one. This morning as we enter into the Lord's Supper, the song we just sang, asks the perfect question because we know what Jesus did for all of us. He, he gave everything. He gave us all. And we need to answer the question, what, what are we willing to do for him? Bow with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this bread which represents Christ's body and the sacrifice made on the cross. Our prayer this morning is that we partake of this bread in a manner that's pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow with me. Likewise, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this cup, which represents the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. We pray, God, that we partake of this cup in a manner that's pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, we're commanded to give, and we've reached the part in our service where we want to offer a prayer uh, for, the, for thanks of all the blessings that we have received. There are numerous ways that we can give, and those are on the screen behind me. Dear God, we thank you so much for all the many physical and material blessings that you have blessed this congregation with. Our cup is truly overflowing, and we know that everything that is good and perfect comes from you, God. Our prayer today is that we just use these blessings that you've given us to reach out into the world and help bring lost souls to you. 
We love you and we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Before Randy comes and uh, gives us a remainder of our announcements, I did want to remind everyone, like a couple of weeks ago, we had our last leaders kickoff, and one of the things we were doing with that was doing our registration online. If you want to take a picture of this QR code, it'll bring it up. That's also in our uh, midweek bulletin. If you want to go the simple way, you just need to go to our website. There's a link on the homepage, or you can go to boonvillecoc.com L2L. There's registration forms for both students as well as adults that are either assisting or planning on going to a convention to help judge, uh, all sorts of ways that you can um, uh, help out with that. So uh, we do need you to do that. There are events that are starting up here just in the next couple of weeks. I know Bible Bowl has already started up, and so we need to have those registration forms in, uh, especially for the students this time and even for the adults that are, so that we can get some assistance involved. Uh, if you have any questions, holler at me right after services, and uh, we'll help you out with that. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for being here on this beautiful Sunday morning, October the 9th, 2022. We had a total of 261 in services this morning. And that's all the announcements I have. <laughs> Would you please stand for our closing prayer? Our dear, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we do once again thank you for this wonderful day you've given us and the opportunity that we've had to come out and study your word once again. Lord, we pray that what we've learned today, may we apply it to our lives, and may as a result, we better serve you. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world. Now, Lord, go with us as we go back to our homes. Forgive us, Lord, wherein we have sinned against you. For this we ask in Christ's name, amen.